What is up, everyone? April 10, 2018. Welcome to this edition of Washington Football Crunch. I am Micah Chen, joined alongside, as always, Luke Monger of Dogman and WSU beat writer Jackson Garner. Jackson, I swear, if you don't start posting these WSU position previews on Twitter, I'm going to flip. I'm going to get heated. You are doing a disservice to the WSU football community for not plastering these articles all over social media. What's okay. the deal, man? Okay, I am. Yeah. And I, sh- I should let you know that there has been a-, a struggle in the scheduling. We're getting them out weekly. Usually, It's usually weekly, but... Uh it's just it's depending upon a day it's just trying to fit it in you know they're usually longer more dry, and, and it's really tough honestly like working for a print newspaper like like you have to actually have the physical space which which makes the scheduling of things really tough in the actual and some, paper yeah yes in the actual paper yes that's not what i'm referring to though i'm saying well i know why, why aren't you getting this no you are you are getting these articles out there on a consistent basis i can't print them on i can't print them online before they go in the in the newspaper that would kind of defeat the purpose but you can still post them on your twitter post them on facebook i don't see them anywhere and, and here's the thing man i can't scoop my own newspaper <laughs> i can't just post them by myself what before wait, the newspaper it, wait, does. Wait, but you're telling me there's not like a link that you can there's not like a, a link you can share like when these do go up put, yes yes and i do this stuff you, i do okay okay i don't i don't I see do. them on twitter ever you, you, you saying they're on there no i they are they are they're okay, there not just the daily evergreen website i'm talking like twitter in general yeah well, okay okay well i have to i have to link it to the daily evergreen website you know i can't right, just right, right, yeah. okay I haven't seen this, but yeah, if you, if, if they're there, you go they're find there. those at Jackson M. Garner. All right. Give them a read. The next one, the next one should be out tomorrow. We're doing the, uh, the WCU defensive line, just the defensive line. Look, so here's the truth that, about which, society. which is going to be fun. Nobody, nobody's going to do anything. You can tell them to check it out. We can do the plugs at the end of the show. You have to physically stick it in front of their face. Just telling you guys right now, WCU defensive line. You saying that comes out tomorrow? Yes. Okay. If right, everything goes, if everything goes according to plan, <laughs> which it should, and I, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't guarantee anything, but yes, tomorrow it should drop. Well, another, another thing going on right now, and this is, a, this is as far as UW football is, mm-hmm. who are they going to sign with as far as their apparel deal? Yeah. There are rumors that ideal could go down over the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. There are two brands in contention for UW. What jerseys are going to wear? Adidas and and uh, and Adidas and Nike. Because Under Armour is currently not looking at college football teams, so they're kind of out of the equation. And I do like the idea, separating from Oregon. Adidas uniform would yeah. look very modern. It would be a cool concept, Adidas versus Nike, Washington. I don't really consider Washington much of an Adidas state, just because of how close we are to Oregon and how much carryover mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah, for sure. But no, Adidas versus Nike, let's make it happen. But ultimately, Luke, who gets the deal done, Nike or Adidas? Dang, I mean, unfortunately, I don't have much of a, I don't have much insight in terms of like, I wish I knew some secret inside information about who is in the lead, but that is not something that I have to offer. However, I've decided that I can form a take without any, (laughs) without any sort of previous or without any sort of like special insight. Does anybody like, honestly, like who, who has that information to marketers? Uh, yeah, I would say that it's it's pretty tight chested. I'm, sure, I'm sure some big wigs. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure like I'm sure if you made your way, to maybe the Jeff big boosters. You maybe know what Jeff I'm talking Petrol. about. I'm sure those guys. I probably I don't I don't even think Jeff no. knows. That. I doubt Jeff would know. That. Jeff okay. wouldn't know. I, I'm sure it would be Jen Cohen. Uh, I'm sure their CFO knows in some capacity, obviously because they're negotiating a deal. Um, like yeah, I'd say pretty much like. There's like six the people really, in like, right now. The, the, the heads or officers of like every important group in the athletic department, I'd say some fancy boosters. And then obviously then there's a, they're working, gosh, how am I blanking on the name? They're working with a marketing, not a marketing, but they're working with a firm. You don't think they get any uh, player influence at all? Negotiations. No, I, I doubt the players have any <laughs> idea. I think it would be dangerous to get the players involved because then, you know, it just adds stakeholders. You know what I mean? Because this guy's going to want Nike, but this guy's going to want Adidas. And then, you know, and then there's just too many people that you're going to have to try to please. And then you guys start asking the commits. Uh, or the, uh, the yeah, exactly. Recruits. I know Julius Irvin likes Adi- Julius Irvin likes. Yeah, some of those Nikes, guys have stayed their allegiance publicly. Miles Gaskin likes Adidas. So I mean, so it's just things like that, you <laughs> know, just things that you learn from Twitter. He'll only be around under six months, so it's I don't. Yeah, think, it's uh, true. They're but, weighing his opinion too much. Uh, that's a good point. 
Uh, but yeah, what I can do is make a take, and my take is this: I think that the Huskies should sign with Adidas. But, uh, like, I just think it, it would be fun. I think that would be the most fun for any lack, like, lack of a better word. I think it would be interesting because Adidas obviously wants that Northwest presence, which they don't have. Nike has that in Oregon right now. Uh, Adidas obviously also has some other really, really like, you know, they have some they have some sponsorships and deals with a lot of big name universities. I mean, you think of like Miami in Nebraska, correct? Wisconsin, mm-hmm. uh, like they have Big Ten country, they have an ACC one, uh, but the Pac-12 is mostly Nike and Under Armour. Under Armour has a, a pretty surprising. Uh, presence, yeah, presence. Utah, in the UCLA, Utah, UCLA. Isn't UC, isn't USC Under Armour or Microsoft? USC is Nike. Nike. USC is Nike. 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 Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cal is Nike crazy. as well. Colorado but yeah, so like you think in like the Pac-12, it already has like Nike already has a pretty strong presence in the Pac-12. I think Adidas has less to lose by throwing a lot of money at UW, and I think that's what's going to end up making the big difference. I saw uh, an Adam Jude's report adam jude being the husky beat writer for the seattle times uh his report on the huskies nearing a deal on their uh apparel contract it uh their deal is estimated to be around eight to ten million which would obviously be a very lucrative deal but i don't like i don't i want to see how much the huskies could really pull out of this because you know i think Adidas, like like I was saying, I think Adidas has less to lose by offering a ton of money. I think the Huskies could try to push a lot out because I wouldn't be surprised to see Nike also really wanting to hold on to the Washington brand. Yeah, obviously, like because I, I like this is maybe this is obviously very much like a fan's perspective, and there's a lot more of like that goes into a brand than just winning. Uh, but you think of kind of the Pac-12, like Washington is your best bet of being a prominent like or like a consistent powerhouse in the near future just the way that like their recent success that they're starting to string together recruiting classes so you see a school that will start to, to like start to develop hopefully a national sort of image oregon already has that nike so nike can hold on to that but nike there's obviously much more uncertainty i'd say with oregon going through two coaching changes in two years so i think that's washington has an opportunity i think to drive a pretty steep bargain but i think you i think adidas has less to lose and i think could benefit greatly from kind of grabbing uh like an up-and-coming kind of powerhouse okay okay what i kind of think here and this is just kind of my take i think adidas has a little more money to spend because you know i think i read that adam jude article as well and in it it mentioned that that oregon's deal with nike is worth roughly around eight and a half million mm-hmm. now uw could probably pull anywhere from eight to ten million from their from their deal yeah. but do you think nike could i mean and maybe this is only regionally but the, how big of a pr nightmare would that be if, if nike gave uw a bigger a bigger oh, deal that's true. than Oregon. Yeah, I never so you really you really think they only probably have about eight and a half million to spend. Yeah, they probably true. only you would, match you would it. You also they, have to factor in the money that Nike gives Oregon, just the the facilities and, and it's not just the Yeah, the but just in terms Yeah. Yeah. But in There's terms a lot of more the, money. Uh, it, it's still in terms if but just, yeah, Nike nominally to, yeah. nominally because the Nike money that isn't in the contract comes from Phil Knight. And everyone knows what that is, but then if yeah. you were to look like if you were to pull up like a Forbes article that comes out every year that's like top apparel deals in college football and you were to see Washington Nike ahead of Oregon Nike, yeah, I kind of see that, that yeah. is pretty disastrous. So yeah, yeah th- that's an interesting point. But like, what's yeah. weird is just reading through this article, all the different like influences there are, because it talks about the Huskies are working, uh, or like, or have studied Miami's deal with Adidas. And Miami went from Nike to Adidas and they're working with a consulting firm uh, and the founders of the firm were both former Nike executives. So it's just like, mm. there's so many like just really random things that, that yeah. like, it's, so a, it's why a pretty trying, delicate deal. Why make this, why do this over the next few weeks? I understand that there's only a year between now and when their contract expires in Nike, 
But why are you trying to rush it right now if there's so many different factors going into this and as it, it, it could affect the school for the next decade now and you're trying to get a deal done yeah. right away? Logically, Adidas makes sense. It seems that the the, the, the personal opinion of Utah fans says they want to be with Adidas to separate themselves from Oregon. But the final verdict, I mean, it's, it, it does it really have to come in these next few weeks? Yeah, I would say what you said about it being a deal that will influence the, the future of the of the of the whole athletic department for years to come. I think that is why they kind of want to get it done now. Like, obviously, they don't want to rush it, but I think you don't want to keep important. it to the last second, right? Yeah, exactly. I think it's. Yeah, I think they want to start slower time a- heading the, the ball. Yeah, I, I think they want to the, start the ball rolling in whichever direction it will go. Um, so yeah, that's at least the, like my opinion of it, and like. This has been, I think, like, I'm not sure, but I, I I remember hearing stories about this coming out, like, well over a year ago. This has been something that's been in the works for a while, and obviously it's been heating up, but I think they're ready. I, I feel like they've come to the point where they're ready to make a decision and, uh, like, get ready for the whole rebranding that will have to come with whether or not they end up going with Adidas. I don't know yeah. if the Jordan brand is still on the table from Nike, but that's another mm. thing to consider. Uh, yeah. So, I would want to yeah, see. I think, well, and I think, <laughs> I think... Probably why they want to get a deal done now is that rebranding because you know that takes time from from now until the start of the regular season. Launching that's a relatively that's a relatively short time to take down all the Nike logos everywhere and, and you know really flip everything around to to Adidas. So I could see why they'd want to do it now. Well, while this yeah, is going sure. on, while this is going on, UW String Ball is also happening. And uh, we saw the introduction of Dubs too. And uh, have you been able I to met run Dubs into too? You you did end up meeting. Did, did you take a picture or did you just? Yeah, uh, do you want the picture? I can show you guys the picture shoot, if you want. I, if it's if it's easy just to send to us if right now, yeah, yeah, I'd love yeah, to I'll see just text it to you guys. how this works. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Might, that might be easier. So what's weird that you don't understand? We were talking to kind of like I don't know if this person was the owner of Dubs too, or if they were just the person in charge of training Dubs too. Uh, okay, first of all, he, here's what I'll say about Dubs. Dubs has like tremendous upside, but a lot of growing to do between the ears, which of course you'd expect from any. <laughs> I mean, he's, any he's, young it's a small dog. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, like this dog, like is the dopiest little dog in the world. <laughs> like just absolutely, like head in the clouds, has no idea what's going on. It's so awesome. But if anything that contributes not, to the charm, not used to that limelight. Yeah, that's true. This was probably like, I'd imagine one of the most crowded places he's been. Like at least you know, and his like three weeks of existence. Yeah, exactly. Like oh, he's been. Look, you didn't take a selfie with Dubs. You just took a picture. No, of him? I, t- I just took a picture of him, oh, but I did pet him. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> w- what's amazing though is like this dog is supposed to be thick. Like I've heard like eighty pounds tossed around for this dog's end weight. Okay, okay. Uh, but you can kind of look if you look at this picture of him. Uh, he has got like, the lower body power as, yet. <laughs> yeah, but like he's yeah. got this weird fuzz. He kind of looks like a tennis ball in a way. Which <laughs> apparently, is normal for Malamute puppies. He's an Alaskan Malamute. Uh, but he's already grown clearly quite a bit from the picture that the Husky Athletic Department Like, posted. even, like, three weeks ago. Yeah. Right? yeah, like, he's grown, like, it looks like a good, like, 10 pounds. Like, he's gotten, like, he he's already, uh, like, a, a sharp-looking young man. And he's you got, know, like, a lot of training to do. <laughs> you know that they're uh, they're doing everything they can to make sure he's as big as possible. and yeah, oh, pack, sure. on the, pa- pack on the pounds. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, they want power. a scary dog out there, for sure. <laughs> uh, he's, like... Like, yeah, he's pretty dopey, but, like, what do you expect from a puppy? He was probably pretty overwhelmed. Uh, and he gets lots of treats, too. That's what, like, obviously that's, I guess, how you train dogs. But, like, you're just trying to, like, if you're getting him to try to focus for a picture, like, the, the owner would hold a treat behind the camera. So Dubs would be, like, locked onto that, and then they'd take a picture and then... Keep him still. Yeah, exactly. So I've always wondered what the training process would be like for that. Because it more than anything... It's just like the temperament, because Doug's like they don't have Dubs out there like doing handshakes at halftime, you know, or like rolling over. Yeah, yeah, he's out. Not, like, not does, at that stage yet. No, <laughs> he, he does. He does the tunnel run, and then he kind of just walks around the sideline. Uh, so I think, like, I don't know how do you train temperament. It's just it's something that's interesting to me. But yes, I have met Dubs too today. It was amazing. He was the star they, of the show. Are they going to Everyone calm- stopped watching practice. Like for, for all we <laughs> when know, he walked in. Like, for all we know, Jacob Eason threw a spiral that caught on fire. It was so fast out of his hands or something like that. No one would have known, you know, because we were all just enthralled by dubs. <laughs> Are we calling him dubs, too? Is that his official name? Which I don't mind. I think it's dubs. I, don't, I think it's yeah, just it dubs. dubs. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, but dubs, too, for now. Just an introduction so people get it. Like, yeah. what is uh, the second coming? Of- mm-hmm. It's like... Uh, 
like Earl Thomas is Earl Thomas the third, right? But no one calls him ET three, you know. Yeah. But so I think I think Dubs two until Dubs retires, and then he's just Dubs. Or 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 when Dubs two just people get used to him and they see him around for a couple of years, and now he's just oh he yeah. looks like the old Dubs, so he's just Dubs for now. sure, for sure. But let's look at some of these position battles going on right now at UW String Ball. Apparently, Sean McGrew is getting some extra reps as a third string running back behind Savannah Ahmed and Miles Gaskin. Chris Peterson mentioned that he would like to see him in the weight room a little bit more. And we saw him listed at 174, and we were happy with that because he gained five pounds from last season. But if he got up to 180, I could see him as a legit backup, at least for a short period of time, if that, if, if, if that becomes a situation where he needs to be Definitely. a backup. Um, is Sean McGrew truly kind of emerging right now as that third string running back? Yeah, I'd say right now, at least, obviously, they're not doing tackling, so it's hard to tell exactly how good a running back is performing. Uh, but I, I'd say Sean McGrew looks like he has kind of separated himself, at least right now, as the guy third in line to get handoffs. Uh, he is clearly, like, and this is nothing against Kamari Pleasant, because I like Kamari Pleasant, I think he's a talented kid, but, like, Sean McGrew is, I, I'd say, clearly... The, the third most uh, talented ball carrier. He ha- he has pretty darn good vision, and obviously uh, he's very quick. Everyone knows how quick and fast he is. Uh, he, he's a like he's a pretty decisive runner as well. Like, he, like you don't think his height really matters because he's not only necessarily. Five, seven. I mean, honestly, especially like obviously for durability concerns and stuff like that, and then just like size in general, being able to shake off tacklers and being able to like I don't know have like. Just like the strength to push through and fight for extra yards, Sean McGrew's like never going to be that guy, but he's a guy that's definitely. But first of all, difficult to see. Obviously, people like to talk about how if Sean McGrew is going against behind like, Trey Adams, going behind and- Trey Adams, no one's ever going to see him. You know, <laughs> but uh, the other thing is like especially like obviously college is a very high level of college or is a very high level of football. But hit, like it's a low strike zone. Like if you want to get a good hit on Sean McGrew, you've got to get low, especially right, considering right. that he's going to be running. Uh, and he's going to be like obviously you don't run like straight up people get low so you've got to get down and like lay a waist like lay lay a hit on like his waist or like his chest and that's pretty de- like that's down there for sure so he so, runs a low pad level he's not running like kind of scat back style kind of vertical upright no uh, he's like, like he, bouncing outside a he, lot like he's a pretty like he runs pretty like I don't know he runs pretty angry for between the tackles and yeah yeah he's that's the thing that's funny about like Sean McGrew and Miles Gaskin both those guys are small dudes but they run between the tackles for sure and that's what's been what's been impressive about Sean McGrew is that he's been able to like find holes and hit holes and then obviously we don't know what happens after that but when he's been good at kind of like letting like the linemen fit their blocks and stuff like that and then see what opens up in front of him he's hitting holes and finding at least four or five yards before he gets hit on plays where the blocking actually ends up taking the shape it's supposed to. So he he's a talented runner for sure. He's smart. He's patient. He's got pretty good vision and obviously he's quick and fast. Uh the thing that will uh, like the thing that will be his downfall uh is like pass protection and stuff like that because that is something that coach Bonifaz stresses a lot. The Huskies aren't one of the most pass happy teams in the conference, but they definitely do throw the ball a fair amount and uh it's like it's hard to be an every down back or demand the right to be an every down back if you're struggling to pass protect. Miles Gaskin is a fantastic pass blocker, which is surprising for his size. And then Sean McGrew, that's probably where he has the the most room to grow before he's really demanding quite a bit of playing time. Because if he is going to be a backup running back, he's going to be a third down back and you're just running some routes out of the backfield and then actually mm-hmm. having to block on first and second down if Miles Gaskin gets hurt or Savon Ackman yeah, has to come out sure. of the game. But, you know, with this spring ball happening right now, you got to find new leadership on this team with the loss of guys like Ben Beer-Curvin and Dante Pettis and Vita Vea. You need new leaders. And you got guys like Jake Browning and Miles Gaston. That's a, that's a given. Those guys are going to be able to For lead. Sure. Even though Jake Browning made some comments saying that, look, ultimately I'm here to get better. I'm not going to baby these freshmen yeah. and, to try and, make, and try and make them better at the expense of my progress. But nonetheless, like that... We know we know that Jake Browning is still helping guys out, and it's just his presence alone, his leadership. Definitely. But are you seeing some sophomores and juniors right now emerging as well? Uh, definitely. I think one guy, uh, Nick Harris, is is a guy who I think a lot of people look to. Well deserved. Yeah, definitely. I think th- there are several reasons. First of all, obviously, positionally, now as the center, he's a guy that's in charge of making a lot of calls along the offensive line, and it, it's kind of his responsibility to get everything kind of coordinated up front. So. Just positionally, he demands that kind of role. But I think also Nick Harris is like kind of a lead-by-example kind of guy. He doesn't seem like a super loud kind of person. 
but you know he's a guy that was not highly recruited came on and earned starting playing time as a true freshman and has not looked back since so Nick Harris is a guy that's definitely emerged as a junior uh, into the, that sort of role there are a couple seniors as well I'll try to avoid using their names right now <laughs> I think the junior idea is fun kind of looking at the younger guys oh Taylor Rapp is another guy I was about to say right yeah Taylor Rapp because he's yeah, a Taylor four-year Rapp, starter now yeah he's at like he, he started essentially since and he's only like 20 years old so yeah it's, it's hard to call yeah, him a leader younger like yeah he's younger than me but uh like he's one of those guys that you'll look over and see Jimmy Lake working with the defensive backs, and uh, like he'll have Taylor Rapp do examples of drills and how to do it right. You know, which two years ago would have been unfathomable when they had yeah, exactly. NFL you know, he's like this unheralded, he's this Baker, unheralded yeah. safety from from Seahome High School up north. You know, uh, but now he's like a Pac-12 recognition safety who is likely going to, like, who's at least in conversation for forgoing his senior year after this season and entering the NFL draft. He's a guy that people look to, it looks like right now at least, like, in terms of, first of all, like, another lead for, by example guy. He's definitely a quieter dude. Uh, a vocal leader, this guy's a senior, but kind of not a guy that you would have expected to be a leader in the past. Caleb McGarry, uh, he's earned a lot of praise uh, from Scott Huff, the offensive line coach. Uh, just for his approach to spring camp. He's a guy that almost went to the NFL, uh, but it's very clear that like when he decided to come back, he's like he hasn't looked back on his decision at all. He's very much present. Uh, he has uh, an incredible demeanor. He's always like yelling random things and screaming. You can always hear him screaming <laughs> during live periods, like just like bringing the energy. Uh, so that's another guy as well that's been very exciting to watch and very clearly a guy who uh, has earned the respect of his teammates. Building off of uh, Taylor Rapp's leadership, what I like what I like about what he's doing is he's trying to be an inspiration to more Asian American football players. Get more Asian Americans coming out to play football. Talking like Chinese American, I, I believe he is half Chinese, so that's something that he's actually talked about in the media. He wants to kind of be a kind of because he could be an NFL player, and for him to bring mm-hmm. that NFL presence in the, the Chinese American community, very unique. There's not there's not many people out there advocating yeah. for uh, for that for that cause. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, sorry, what's sort of interesting about that is. Uh, U-Dub's, I guess, second most recent commit uh, is a uh, is an Asian American as well. He's a Vietnamese American. Oh, he's in. Vietnamese. Yeah, yeah. So at least that's what I've heard. I know that he's some sort of Asian, and I'm pretty sure it's uh, Vietnamese. Cam- uh, his name's Cameron Fabiculanen. Oh, okay, I, I was thinking it's uh, Sama Pama. Yeah, he recently. Oh, Sama Pama. Yeah. Well, yeah, so he obviously him being Polynesian. Yeah, right. Uh, Polynesian. That's what yeah, I was thinking. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, so I thought would be... that's the guy you're talking about. That was Vietnamese. Yeah. No. So okay. Okay. Uh, it... Cameron Fabiculanen will continue the the at least looks like the lineage of Asian American safeties at the University of Washington, which is pretty cool. Is, is he? Uh, so you're saying he's from Vietnam, or or well, he's not. I mean, that's his. That's his. Uh, that's his bloodline. Um, one more time. That's his bloodline. He's from Vietnam. Like obviously, he's not, like, that's what I've heard. Yes. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. But let's get some. Let's get your thoughts on Sama Pama. Sama Pama. He's a six-five, three hundred thirty-pound defensive lineman. Yeah. I mean, he's bigger than most NFL defensive tackles, and he's only a junior in high school. But what was surprising to me is that most of these recruiting websites had him listed as a three-star recruit. Is it because he doesn't have the fundamentals or the technique down? And he's kind of a a big guy that's really yeah, raw. He's definitely raw. He's very very raw. Uh, UW was actually his first offer, which is interesting. We talked about, I think, last time. Yeah, didn't he have USC and uh, like Ohio yeah, State? So, and, yeah. Oh, it's very so first offer. USC, okay. USC, Oregon, Nebraska, Arizona State. Those are some of the other, I guess, Power Five conference schools that have come in. But UW was his first. They were the first one to come in and give him a chance. He's a, yeah, like many schools or many uh, services list him in as a three-star recruit, he's definitely raw. Um, but I think the upside obviously is there. What I heard is when he visited uh, last weekend uh, that he was 350 pounds. 350? Because yeah. I saw 330 and I was like, yeah, that, is, listed that, that has got to be exaggerated. Yeah, he's and listed that, at 325. <laughs> but what, what we heard is that he got on campus and they did their 
their measurements on him and that he was 350 pounds. But at some at some point at some point bigger is not better. Like, no, yeah, I think you, you, you have to imagine. Want, yeah. yeah. Oh, there. Oh, yeah. When like by the you time, see his face, he's got some cheeks. I mean, it's oh not, yeah, it's, no, yeah. he is like. Yeah, I think I think that just speaks more to kind of about like you know, his three-star rating on all the websites and stuff like that. I think that he's got a lot of physical and then fundamental refining to do. But there's no doubt, like, that an athlete of that size that is still capable of moving is a guy who's going to warrant a lot of looks. And UW was excited about him. Uh, And what's interesting is, like, there have been reports both ways about where he's going to play, but Scott Eklund, which is uh, Dogman's... Uh, recruiting kind of insider guy uh, believes that Pama is being recruited or like is going to eventually end up on the offensive side. Uh, but not as a tackle, probably more. As no, a, yeah, a as guard. a guard, he'd for yeah, sure definitely be an a guard. Guy. Yeah. He, he, he's six five, but I wouldn't say he's all of six five. I would say he's close. No, to yeah, I'd say he's probably six four. He's more of a stocky built guy. He's not like yeah, a for sure, lanky guy. Yeah, but in the comparison that. Uh, that I heard was that he is like MJ Ale from Fife, except a little more refined. But this is the same kind of guy that's just absolutely enormous, like very physical, plays very hard, and still has a lot of like room to develop for sure, technically. Uh, like there's one, I think I was watching his huddle, and there's one play that like it's a pass play. And like he goes and he destroys the guy that he's blocking, which is awesome. But he's like, he's like seven yards downfield by the time the ball leaves his quarterback's hand. He's it's just like stuff like that. It's just like, I think he's he, like he's nasty. He's everything you want. Like athletic, he has the things you can't teach. He's nasty. He's big. He's athletic, uh, but like just kind of fundamentally, definitely has some room to grow. Which is why you go to a school like UW. You're gonna have Coach Peterson and Coach Huff and uh, like one of the best like coaching staffs in the country to help kind of develop him and tailor him to be. A college football lineman and potentially an NFL player down the line as well. Now, before we get into WC Spring Ball, I wanna I wanna talk about this guest speaker that came to talk to WCU football. WCU yeah. has had a lot of guest speakers these last couple of years, but they've primarily been male. They've been motivational. There, there have been some certain topics that they haven't hit. This guest speaker, her name was Rachel Barabo. B A A U. Yeah. That's Barabo, right? Good yeah. pronounce. Yes, good yeah, pronunciation. I, I, I on thought that. I was on. Yeah. I thought I was on top of that. He's, she is a serious <laughs> XM host. She talks sports radio. She's been doing that since 2016. But on the side, she's an inspirational speaker as well, a motivational speaker. Uh, her company or her brand is called Changing the Narrative. It talks about treating women with respect. That's the biggest. That was my biggest takeaway from her presentation was treating treating women uh, with respect and, and kindness. And but there was also mm-hmm. talks about how to be a good citizen, and and probably most relatable to WC right now is embracing vulnerability. Embracing your emotional mm-hmm. side, not being ashamed of it, not hiding it. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a good thing. I love it when these speakers come in. But I also want to acknowledge that this public speaking to football teams, this kind of boom that's happened. Uh, I want to say, like the first time I really heard about this was the uh, when was when this happened at UW. I, I don't remember her name, but um, she, she. I mean, she she's been doing this for a long time, and she's one of the most well known. Luke, do you remember her name? She she came to UW uh, last year. Oh geez, I'm trying to remember the the, the one who recently came, right? She right, came Tracy like, or something like that. Wasn't it Tracy? I think so. It was the gosh dang. We even talked about it. Yeah, no, um, we did. Yeah, it was like it was during August during fall camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what her name was, but let let me go find that. Let me go yeah. find that. Luke, yeah, Luke, yeah, Luke, you find that. We'll we'll continue with. Yeah, well, Bear, it's, it's, <laughs> it's it's not like the most important thing to know their names, yeah. but uh, it's it's still it's still good to know who we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But going back to my my comments, that this is a gold mine of an industry because, and Jackson, you 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 had to help me confirm this. They are making money off this. Like, they're, this isn't charity work that they're doing when they go around the country speaking to these schools. No, they're absolutely. getting paid yeah. thousands of dollars. Like that, that's something that we have to make that clear right now. Like this is this is a part of their income. This is a part of their business, and there are thousands of football teams to speak of. And I know, like you, these these these. These speakers have primarily been focused on college football teams, but I mean there are fifteen thousand high school football teams in the country, and are you telling me like a school like Skyline or Bellevue or one of these big money schools, literally any school on the West Side, and like maybe like a Gonzaga Prep or some Central Valley school, or mm-hmm. I mean they, these schools got they they got money and they got uh 
they, they, they got a reason to bring these speakers in. So yeah. there is an opportunity. Like I, I, I've seen a growth in the number of inspirational, motivational speakers coming into these football programs to speak to them about the, the, pos- the positive message. Like I said, it's a positive message. And because of what they're talking about, it's, it's literally impossible to get a bad review. So you're not going to hear somebody come in. Yeah. Th- like it's, it's, the message is really hard to mess up. And from them speaking from personal experience, like every single school they're going to go to, they're going to get rave reviews. They're going to get a lot of activity on social media. They're going to get all their article in the paper. Like this is, this is something that is brand new. And, 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 it's, and, it's, and it's due because of all the controversy that's happening in college football, domestic violence, sexual assault, all these, all these things that are being thrown around right now. It's necessary to have this. But uh, like, what are your thoughts on this just from a business aspect that this is something that they care about, well, but there's also yeah, money and in I, it? I think, I think kind of touching on the business aspect and what some of the things that she talked about, uh, she also kind of you know, tried to encourage these players to, to use their platform and then do stuff similar, maybe locally or, or regionally, um, and where they they can use their platform to speak for the same kinds of things, you know, like being being able to be more vulnerable and uh, you know respecting women and stuff like that. I I think in terms of her uh, her message and coming to WSU, what I appreciated most about it is kind of uh, the whole like winning winning at life kind of deal and that's what the, what UW is huge about it and Chris Peterson's huge about it and I think that's something that really like separates the the UW program away from a lot of different colleges and the way they do that and it's so beneficial and I think that WSU you know has some ha- has someone coming in and speaking about that as well and it, it sounded like from from everything that I read that the team was very, you know, receptive. Well, exactly. Of I mean, it's message. impossible to not get rave reviews. It's, yeah. Nobody's going to criticize anything she says or the presentation mm-hmm. of it. But like, do you think that this is going to start trickling down? Because next thing you know, Eastern's going to have a speaker, and then well, Central, so, and then all of a sudden, I, like every high school team is going to get that the same message. Great thing, but it's just the kind of direction that this newfound industry is going into speaking to young men, basketball so, teams, any sponsor. So how team. so how that works is she has a foundation, which is obviously a non for profit. And she doesn't, I mean, she doesn't just get paid from the university and then she pockets that money. The university pays her foundation and then she gets paid by the foundation a certain annual salary. And that's kind of how most of these foundations work. And you see a lot of NFL players do it. And it's kind of essentially a retirement plan for athletes, I should say. You know, they they still have a way to, to market their brand and, and be in the community and kind of be positive role models and, and have a source of income while doing it. That's so, not how, that, but that's not how a lot of a lot of public speakers are athletes. Like for example, like Ryan Leaf. That guy, he gets paid per appearance, I'm pretty certain, to talk to talk to any type of group really. Uh any, anybody that has like a booking agency that you can, you know, bring this person in to speak to your company, speak and, to your and there's, school. Well, there's a, there's a difference when you're getting I mean, there are people that who will just do that who get, you know, booked to come and speak at things but a a lot of i think what she was preaching is is kind of starting a foundation and i know she she what she does is they she implements a a team award and the the winner of the award at the end of the year gets a grant to start his own foundation and then she and she's she's also willing to work with other other athletes on the team that if they wanted to start a foundation of their own and you know she's willing to work with them so I think that's really cool on that on that front, you know, that she she wants uh, those athletes to you know use their platform and, and speak about things that are important to them. Thank you, Luke, but for I dropping, mean, dropping that name, Brenda Tracy, so yes, that's her foundation, yeah. and uh, and so so that that's the format of this. They're not doing like individual appearances. They're this is their this is their organization, and they they kind of use that to travel the country and speak to these schools. And and then it kind of supports the foundation rather than just themselves. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, kind of. It's it it is sly in the sense like it's kind of using that like non for profit in towards their advantage, like you know being tax exempt and stuff like that. Like you know the NFL was a non for profit for I can't remember when they weren't weren't a non for profit anymore. NCAA still a non for profit. So like 
this model has been used and it's been, you know, it's been taken advantage of. Don't get me wrong. And I, I that's kind of what you were alluding to, like this this model being taken advantage of. But, you know, I think it's nice having someone like her, like Barbo, who is, you know, preaching how to to use this model in the right way and use it for good, opposed to you, try and, do, you know, you, tell them how to exploit it. But do you see them going around high schools now? Or do you see them going to big sky programs and well i think people do that at high school you know i don't think they just i just don't think there's you know they necessarily um, go to like a college or a high school football team you know they'll just go to the school like you know there are plenty there are plenty plenty, yeah there are plenty of people when you know i'm sure you can you remember some of them that that you know kind of did similar things that you know talk to the entire different messages right anti-bullying yeah um, exactly. Yeah, they're, 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 these speakers are very real. So maybe it's just because, like, the of the the, the, the nature of college football and the reputation it has. That's why yeah. they get a lot more focus when it comes to domestic violence and treating women with respect. But uh, going mm-hmm. to WCU's uh, spring ball right now, they had their first scrimmage over the weekend, and there were some there were some nice showcases by the quarterbacks. Cayman Cooper, yeah. I think he had two touchdowns in the air and one on the ground. There were five touchdowns the in total. Um, did you, what did you, what did you uh, like, like from WSU scrimmage? Okay. So I, I should say, first of all, that because, and, and I think you'll all agree with me here that, you know, family comes first and my, my mama was in town this weekend. So I, I had to, <laughs> I had Saturday to show off. her, show her. Yeah. I had, I had to show her a good time around Pullman. So I it, couldn't it be at practice weekend, on right? Saturday. Yeah, that's right. yeah. yeah. But they ran, I, I believe they ran 110 plays. Um, and I have, I have all the stats up in front of me, but yeah. So, I mean, we kind of, we've kind of seen a lot of what we've been actually hearing from, and, and it's nice to have this kind of like, usually when you hear like coach Leach talk about someone, it's just kind of like the super like generic, you know, not even really true. Just like, I got to say something. So I'm just going to say this, but like, he's really been, accurate with like the things he's saying about his quarterbacks, you know, like Cooper showing off a lot of intangibles, showing off the gun, but just super inconsistent. And, you know, of course he finished the day eight of 20, 160 yards, two TDs, one on the ground, two interceptions. The only, Very much the a only quarterback. quarterback line. Not, yeah. Not a yeah. High super. Percentage. Yeah. Classic, classic <laughs> freshman line. A lot of and then, balls. yeah. And then Anthony Gordon, who was, you know, He's he had been a pretty saying, miserable day, right? Had, didn't didn't well, uh, one of those I mean, guys? No. Have, they all had did, two picks. They all did respect. Somebody had two picks, well, that, that was – or Cam Cooper – or Cam, Cam Cooper is the only one that's like okay, okay. competing picks. for the job that had two picks. Connor okay. Neville threw yeah, two interceptions yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, that was miserable. But, you know, that was, that, was, that was some – that was, you know, third string, you know, practice team reps. He didn't, he didn't have that many reps is what I'm trying to say. Not trying to – take away anything yeah. from from Connor Neville's quarterbacking ability. But uh I mean Anthony Gordon and Trey Tinsley both had respectable lines. Gordon 12 of 17 for 98 yards and two touchdowns and then Tinsley went 10 of 13 for 68 yards and a touchdown. So I and both have been, you know, kind of regarded as not, you know, tremendous athletes, but they're going to they're going to fit the ball in tight spaces and they're going to be, you know, good technical quarterbacks and you know, that's kind of what you see in their line. I like the I like the running backs. I like what they were doing uh, the back uh, Keith Harrington and Max Borgie. Nine catches for 120 yards. Yeah. Borgie, yeah. Like a like a seven I, he had he had a really, he had like a 55-yard reception from Kamon Cooper. Yeah, he he finished the day with 73 yards and with four receptions. So I mean, and, and a lot of guys, you know, just getting involved and that's what you like to see i mean goodness how many were so one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven so eleven receivers caught a ball uh at the at the scrimmage which you know that's to be expected probably if it were a game it'd probably be eight or nine also worth knowing that Roderick Fish had one catch for nine years. So not the biggest debut, but uh yeah still got he's he's definitely he's been taking he's been taking you know careful deliberate strides like he is definitely Mm -hmm. you know steve spurrier jr is committed to to focus to focusing a lot of attention on him and vice Mm -hmm. versa and i think that's really promising to see a guy who's just really eager to learn like you know he's not eager to to try and impress people right now he just wants to learn so he can 
come fall, he doesn't have to be the guy who who's asking questions and, and you know getting getting chewed out for not knowing what to do. Yeah. And I think that's smart, you know. You know, there are some guys who who want to come in and do big things right away, and there are other guys who maybe understand that they're capable of doing big things, but they just need to go at a little bit of a slower pace. So come 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 when the time is ready to, for their name to be called, they'll be ready. I was like, obviously you weren't there Saturday, but I was just curious to hear what like mm-hmm. how does Peyton Pelour look, and does he look deterred by the injury at all, or does he look like he'll be able to? Return no, he looks. Y- yeah, I mean, so. That's tough to say whether he'll be like the, you know, kind of like yeah, the I former hard hitting guy that he was. Cause yeah. I mean, he was just such a physical guy. And he definitely, he seems kind of more like, he kind of went from Peyton Pleur a little more to Isaac Dotson, where he's kind of, you know, calling the shots. You know, he's, he's directing traffic, playing the mm-hmm. quarterback from the linebacker position, you know, a yeah. little bit more, um, which is positive. You know, you want to see that out of a guy. And, and kind of let Jihad Woods take over as that physical hard hitting back cuz he his body is much more capable sure. of doing that at, at at this point in both of their careers. So he is you know he talked to the media the first day or no it was the second day, excuse me. And uh he sounded good. He sounded like his spirits were there. He definitely sounds like the guy who 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 is just the you know the elder statesman of of the locker yeah, room sure. and like it's almost it's almost kind of like a point where it's like oh do you, man do you like even have friends in the locker room anymore <laughs> like <laughs> your entire class is gone but like he he definitely seems like he he gels well with the uh, the other linebackers mm-hmm. and they kind of embrace him as a, a second coach on the field. Yeah. Also worth mentioning uh, at a WSU is a uh, Cole Madison alumni visited with the Seattle Seahawks. He's also visited. With the team from Washington, that's what the media is being told to describe the, the mm-hmm. Redskins now, the team from Washington, and the Dallas Cowboys. And we know Cole Madison, when he meets with the Seahawks, what's really happening in these meetings? I mean, are they just getting out two other facilities? This is what we want out of you when, if, you do, if we do decide to pick you up. This is like we're interested in drafting you. Like, what can they really say to each other? Like, or what, what's, the, like, what's the context of these meetings? I mean, I would say your guess is probably as good as mine. Like, I would imagine, you know, probably talking, you know, what if, I don't know if they're talking about like, well, you know, what have you been hearing? Like, where do you think you're going to go? This is where we think you're going to, you know, maybe it's kind of like both, both parties trying to get an idea of how they feel about each other. Um, I definitely think if he were to get drafted by the Seahawks, he would definitely be at a guard opposed to a tackle. And I think that's probably similar uh, wherever to he a lot went, of teams, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Team from Washington just, probably wants yeah. him to do the same thing, and mm-hmm. and uh, in Dallas Cowboys. But Cole Madison be amazing to see. I'm in a Seahawks uniform. He's from that Seattle area. Yeah, local guy for WSU. So it'd be really cool yeah. to see Cole Madison in a Seahawks Nat- uniform. Yeah, native of Burien. So right, right, right. Any, yeah, it, any, south yeah. of Seattle. South uh, of Seattle. Very, very. Yeah. I, oh, what high school? Oh, one of the Catholic Kennedy. Is it Kennedy, oh, Kennedy Catholic? Catholic? Yeah, in Kennedy Catholic. Yeah, Kennedy Catholic. That's where he's. That's where he's out of. Let me give you guys some uh, some uh, information on Central Washington Spring Ball. I did get a chance to go out there and uh, and see and see what the, what they got going on right now. Right now, the starting quarterback Riley Hennessy is out with a back injury. He has some is it bad or is it? it? He'll be fine. He'll be fine. By mm-hmm. it, it didn't happen during Spring Ball. This is something that happened in the weight room. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm-hmm. they were doing like tug of war or something in the morning, and yeah, it's not very smart. But he has a slipped or herniated disc. I don't know if that. Oof. I don't know what the difference is, but it's L four L five. So in the meantime, uh, Christian Moore, uh, the Bellarmine Prep product, uh, he's a redshirt freshman right now. He's getting first team reps. Um, he goes about six five two twenty, so he's he's got a really good arm. Oh. And uh, they're they're really they're they really like him as the guy to yeah. replace Riley Hennessy mm-hmm. next year. And uh, and it, it, it was there wasn't a lot of uh, players out there. I mean, they, they got like 28, 30 guys coming in during uh, fall camp, which is similar to a lot of college football programs. It's the numbers. I mean, even at UW, you're hearing guys that are having to run with the threes because there's not enough people to run with the threes right now. So, uh, this the numbers right now are, are just not quite there yet. They did bring in a running back from Portland State. Uh, he played kick return to mm-hmm. Portland State last year, and he's a big dude. Like you know, you see him, and he's standing next to the other running backs and. Most of them are like five nine, five ten. This guy's about six foot two hundred, so he's it's 
for Division Two, it's a step up just as far as his physicality. And mm-hmm. uh, he's a senior right now. And I think that D- uh, Central has a senior running back right now. But Central does a really good job giving everyone carries uh, because if you're going to play for Central, you might as well you know get some opportunities. And and they also and, and especially last year with how much they won. They had a lot of reason to give everybody a chance to play because they were, I mean, they were up 40 nothing against some of these teams in the third quarter. There were some local high school football coaches there, uh, coaches from the Yakima Valley, coaches from Royal City. That's like the 1A school that's won like seven straight state championships right now. I mean, they were observing a scrambling of students. There's, so I'd probably count on to my two hands how many students were there observing <laughs> practice because it is public access and. I can't say it's any different at WSU. I'm sure UW, if they were public practices, they would get a lot more people. But yeah, I, mean, I mean, the spring game only usually gets a couple hundred people. Honestly, no, it does. It gets a thousand. It's spring game. Okay, yeah, maybe a thousand. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe a thousand. Like like there were it literally also nine look people. ridiculously small because you can fit seventy thousand in that stadium. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, they're just sprawling around. Yeah. Yeah, but it's very, very, like, but, yeah, it's pretty empty. When I say that there was nine people here, I can literally count nine people. So it's, it's <laughs> I, I, I I know what I'm talking about when I say that. UW definitely. Was this their that. opening spring practice? No, it was Tuesday was their opening spring practice, but Saturday uh, was kind of the, okay, this is like the, because like in the, during the week, you know, it's hard to get out there for practice. People got class, people got, uh, people got jobs, but Saturday yeah. morning, I, th- I thought that'd be a really cool chance. Like I said, there were some high school football coaches there observing um, and, and there were some students out there, but like, if, if you compare it to like WC Spring Bowl, I mean, is it, is it, I mean, are it really that many people at WC Spring Bowl either? Is it even open access? No, no. I oh, mean, it's, it's not. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't believe actually, that's a good question. I don't think it's open. It, they, they certainly don't advertise it to be open. Yeah. Like, there's, there's probably like, I you know, you go through, but it's not like. They, yeah, they need a swing Martin Stadium wide open. Uh, and I don't, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it is open for the public, uh, but I could be wrong. I don't. I don't even know. Usually, it's just like a bunch of like recruits. There's a lot of like recruits that'll you know just kind of watch, and then some some high school coaches like the Lehigh coaches uh, where uh, Cam and Cooper came out of. They they were they were there all last weekend. Uh, or last just the week, watching. Like what, what was the yeah just, just watching that, or okay, just I mean just kind of oh well no so they get a they get a kind of go in in the coaches' room with some of the coaches watch film. Like it's it's you know like a productive and, trip for them. Yeah, as well. they're they coaching them of, up a little bit. They're giving them some tips on how to transition. Yeah, yeah. And what's also actually fun is there's always like there's usually some sort of international press. Like I don't I don't know like what business from Asia or Japan. Yeah, or something like that? yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and like and Coach Leach talked about it. Like that's not you know they've had they've had press from Belgium, France, <laughs> all all over the world. What would be come. the what would be the interest? I have no clue. I have I have no <laughs> clue. That's that's uh, and I I know I was going to ask them, but like I didn't you know maintain professionalism. I didn't know I didn't yeah. well I didn't know I didn't know if there was going to be like a language barrier. Oh, okay. I didn't know what was going to end up happening. So because like they never they didn't like speak with any of the any of the players or coaches at the end of practice. I mean, you're there. Like they, you travel across the world. Once you want to well, get I a know. Or two from. <laughs> I know you'd think, but. I don't know. There, a lot of them were. They might have been photojournalists too, because a lot of them were taking pictures. But, I mean, some of them were just taking pictures with their phones. So, I'm kind of getting a little sidetracked here. Well, but. yeah, I would get that. Yeah. Like for Ichiro's <laughs> comeback, having Japanese press there, but for people coming yeah. into Pullman, it seems seems uh seems like a, not a very effective use of resources from that newspaper yeah. company. But, uh, this at Central Washington's uh, spring ball, I got to talk with some of the recruits. There was some type of like CW day and a lot of uh, the, the freshmen from uh, from the west side were coming over to tour the campus and just got to talk to them a little bit so, like what they were most excited about they seemed to be really pumped about this new stadium um, they liked the idea that the, a lot of the seniors on the team are going to graduate so they're going to get a chance to get playing time right away hmm. and, uh, and, and and they just they, they, they want to play college football some of them had preferred walk-ons to WSU some of them uh, had opportunities to play at Portland State or some type of big sky school but they love the scholarship mm-hmm. money and they love the, the borderline guaranteed playing time that they were going to get so uh, it's it very cool talking to some of the recruits and also worth mentioning central washington's defensive coordinator scott powers left the program last week for the sons of guns at texas a.m commerce that continued to haunt central washington that was a team that eliminated central <laughs> from the playoffs and went on to win a national championship and they uh vultured our defensive coordinator who was one of the most created one of the most powerful defenses in all of division two it was on very short notice, so like I think like the, the any uh, coach. any any rumors on who's going to be uh, replacing him? Well, they they have a temporary one in right there. I think it's the secondary coach, 
but mm. they want to make an extensive search because it's an extremely prestigious position and they want to, they want to make sure that they get somebody in there that's going to be there for the long run and want to help, especially with, with such a solid recruiting class coming in. A lot of these, uh, like like I said, talking to recruits, they were kind of betrayed by, <laughs> as betrayed as you could be. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, well, that sucks. Like that guy was visiting yeah. the house yeah. and he was the one that came over, but that's a so reality. So how many guys pick. you say they have? How many guys you say they have at spring practice right now? Uh, it, it looked like a high school spring practice. It it, it was like they they, they had what, like, so like uh, 50, like guys 60 holding or like yeah. I would I would say I would say it's it's definitely not more than sixty. Uh, but okay, um, yeah. everybody looked healthy. Uh, I, I saw Jojo Hillel, if, if anybody remembers him, he played quarterback for Mount Si. He got his eye busted open, so that, that's, he was bleeding. Ooh. I mean, he was you know, he's bleeding Yikes. a lot. So. Uh, but no, he's playing wide receiver right now. A uh, third string quarterback is a guy from like Oklahoma, like me transferred in Tommy Hayes. But uh, yeah, Central Washington football. It's uh, it's it's. I don't like just this. You know, being around campus, I don't see the construction happening. I see fences up, but I don't see any cranes. I don't see any uh, any diggers or any like shovels being. Uh, nobody's digging any holes yet to kind of plant the base and. You know, so it's sh- like, shovels, shovels have not hit the ground yet. <laughs> well, no, I mean the fences have gone up, but like the construction fences. Okay. But I'm just like, we got like okay. three months to make this happen because our first game, is September 1st. So I, I just, I just hope. Yeah, dang, that's good. Really that's got to be they quick. Don't delay. But uh, uh, kind of in the high school football world right now, uh, Pat Jones, the the player that uh, he's not a player, he's a coach, and he got a four year suspension from coaching at Bellevue Football by the Bellevue School District. So um, he tr- he's trying to get reinstated as a football coach at Bellevue, and he sued the Bellevue School District for defamation. Now, we here on WAFB Crunch do not negotiate with terrorists. Pat Jones trying to make a plea to get some money out of the school district and get his job back. It's not happening. You, you, and, and, and by the way, hey, the people that are saying that uh, terrorist is too strong a word, uh, the definition of a terrorist, um, the use of unlawful intimidation, especially against civil, civilians in the pursuit of political aims. How is that not? How is that not an act of terrorism to intimidate the school district, intimidate these kids, boss them around, trying trying to get them, and not boss them around in a coaching sense, like literally trying to, you know, create this uh, this toxic environment in the pursuit of political aims, which we'll just interpret that as winning football games. But nonetheless, that's kind of that's uh, kind of his situation. He got he did after suing the Bellevue School District, he used his wife as a lawyer. He got his suspension shortened from four years to two years. And uh, and and I don't remember who I was talking to about this. I, I I think it was you, Jackson. Like what it would take for Bellevue to become a sympathetic figure in the Washington football community. And uh, and, and and Luke, uh, it, it, like I want to get your thoughts on this. Like what's the, what's the only way that you would say that Bellevue could be a level team? Were you were you there for that when we said they just had to lose a bunch of games? Like they had to yeah, lose. No, I said I, I think I I triggered the okay uh, conversation. I think okay. I said that I kind of like Bellevue. <laughs> <laughs> Where did this come from, man? I, I thought we well, were uh, we were all agreeing this that it's 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 uh it's an unethical program. I mean, who could disagree? Well, with yeah, guys? I mean, it, but it's it's one of those things. First of all, selfishly, as a like, as a husky, you've got a pipeline. Like, you want some talent at the pipeline. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but then also, just Fair. like, uh, and then, but I think my, my argument was that you could make a movie about their like. There, like, you could begin the movie like with like something super dramatic, like one of their coaches getting put in cuffs after their whole WIA investigation, like in the middle of the night. Obviously, like. <laughs> yeah, which would obviously be a huge overdramatization. But then, all yeah, the, like, literally never happened. But <laughs> yeah, and then like how <laughs> then Bullies they just handcuffs. rose from the ashes. You know what I'm saying? And came. Oh back to, no, you're trying you to make them. But obviously, none of that would be true. But I was just saying that, like, you know. That that you could almost make a movie out of their season recently, you know, like uh, kind of getting, like getting the postseason ban, uh, kind of getting then obviously dismissed as a as a player for state championships. All of a sudden, it's lifted. They go undefeated, and uh, yeah, correct. They they did they did go the distance, correct? Or they didn't? No, know? they lost to a day in the semifinals. And That's right. They, yeah, you know, day, day went, went the distance because it was, won all, state metro. It was yeah. an all metro state championship. Yep, it was. Yeah, it was uh, Rainier Beach, Garfield, and in O'Day and uh, Bellevue. But everybody knew O'Day versus Bellevue was state championship. Look, I, you 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 can't put these programs that are under sanctions and then try and make a comeback story out of that because the reason how they got there in the first place was being completely unethical. And then to say that they overcame their own unethical practices 
is uh is not is it's just not a good it's not a feel good story is no matter how much you try and twist that narrative i mean this is yeah no that's, <laughs> I mean, maybe that's like that's what i'm saying almost can't quite happen it's like it's like saying somebody like murdered somebody but he got a good lawyer and then he had to overcome the tra- the like the, the traumatization of him murdering somebody <laughs> and uh and it's it's and recruiting and winning football games isn't on that same level but just like breaking the law and then overcoming the, the idea that you broke the law like it that's that is not something that you can turn into any type of like that's fair. book or, that's fair. or 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 which don't get me wrong Bellevue is trying to do that they've been trying to do that for a couple of years now where they're saying like like everybody's out to get us but we're going to rise above and win football games but no matter how much I try and push that me Luke I, we 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 talked about this we agree that the only way for them to really rise above is to lose some football games which the town level there is never going to allow that to happen but that's the only way to earn the respect of the public, I think. So yeah, I still don't know that they would. I think that they kind of have a tainted, like. You think people would laugh at them and like just like push them down? At least further, now, I mean, if if it went like <laughs> 10, 15 years of losing, people might eventually forget. Forget? Oh yeah, no. That, that, but if they were to the go, if they were to go like winless for two or three seasons, I think people would be more laughing than anything. Yeah. So what kind of what caught me caught my attention by this this Pat Jones guy. And just kind of like just the privilege and pretentiousness that oozes off of this thing is this guy got his wife to be his own lawyer. So this guy's not paying a single lawyer fee. This is just, you know, he'll sit in court all day. Like he doesn't, like <laughs> none of that yeah. has he'll anything. You know, there are no fines. There are no fees for him. He's just sitting here saying, we'll, we'll play all day. And, you know, what is this costing the WIA to, to, to do this and, and sit in the courtroom with him? probably a lot like knowing what lawyer fees are going to be like it's costing the wia while this guy is just sitting here you know not paying a dollar only i mean i guess using his his, his wife's, wife's time, time which which which, which is which is worth <laughs> they're from yeah, bellevue so. which is well yeah well I, no it's, I, I know it's worse i know it's she, i know yeah no no i know she's practicing but i mean if you live yeah. in bellevue for 20 plus years you probably have some time to chill out for a year or two and yeah just Definitely. And, and, and then, like, yeah, yeah this cause taxpayers to pay the other side to fund their uh, their 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 defense on trial. But that's that's what <laughs> frustrates me. Well, well, Bellevue is a Kinko school, and right now is the time of year where they start realigning all the conferences. Uh, some schools move up to four A, like Glacier Peak got bumped up to four A, which they've been three A for years now. Um, but they realign Kinko four A arguably the most powerful high school football conference in the state it is realigned am i gonna get an argument on that i know i get an argument from people from west i would or, i wouldn't i, or I wouldn't say it's arguably you, you think it's the most powerful it, conference it is yeah, yeah I don't okay know. all right luke you you uh, you gonna object to that kinko foray the best conference in the state uh no i think that is probably the best it's definitely the deepest yeah it's the well, best. which is why it, it, this is this is noteworthy breaking news that it used to be nine teams, and but because Redmond, who was, who by the way are not very good, but nonetheless, like they're, they're going to be four right now, so it's divi- divided the conference into Bothell, Woodenville, Inglemore, Redmond, and North Creek. They'll make up the Crest Division, and then Skyline, Eastlake. Oh, Issaquah. so it's like it's it's like Pac-12 North and South. Well, you, yeah. that's how it used to be for a it's really been, long time. It's been, well, it's no, been it like hasn't. It, 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 no, no, not since 2013. They, 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 they made it all. Right? They, yeah. Okay. And because of that, you could yeah. have a proper Kinko Championship. Now, it's all going to be playoff seeding, so there's not going to be a Kinko Championship. It's going to be a one seed playing the four seed. Uh, like the, basically the, you know what's also frustrating? They do, I know at least usually, well, I, I think they used to do a crown and a crest, like all team crown, all team crest. Like it wasn't just all Kinko yep, for it. Yep, and, and what, what made that a mistake Which is was, stupid. Yeah, no, because if there were only five teams, so literally, like, say you're like yeah. a safety and you get one interception and you play every game, you're like second team all all conference now. Yeah, it, it, it totally distorted the the prestige of being an all conference player because all you have to do is not get hurt, you would get that award. Yeah, I, yeah, I would agree with that. Wasn't too 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 good of an idea, but they're doing that again now with ten teams. Uh, North Creek is a brand new high school, and I, I keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on North Creek because they have the nicest campus, one of the nicest campuses in the yeah. country as far as high school. Uh, that's a high school and like, or I don't know about private a schools, public, but probably a public. Yeah, yeah. public. Yeah. Public. So I would say if if they it is only a matter start, of time. 
if they get a lick of success, get, it's gonna, good. it's they're gonna yeah. catch fire. North Key's gonna catch fire. I yeah. guarantee you. And and they got the coach there. He's, I mean, he, he well, he's got like NFL background. Like he was uh, like a like an analyst. I I can't remember like what he wasn't like an, a position coach for the Ravens, but he was like in you know like one of like the analysts or something like that. Like I can't remember what what his official title was, but I had coached in college NFL. So yeah, every single team should start rolling the cameras right now in case a documentary breaks out. At this point, North Creek should do it. Bellevue <laughs> should do it. Uh, any type of any basically yeah any type of team. I mean, we get to go. We go on with like Mount Sai and Skyline. Like these guys always have great seasons. Always great players coming through. It'd be sick to see a Max Brown documentary or a Jake Keeps documentary right now. But like I said, that about covers the news cycle. Um, your next edition of Washingtonville Crunch will be next Tuesday, April seventeenth. You could send us an email, Chen at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at Micah underscore Chen at Luke Monger and at Jackson M Garner. We're still working on getting the live chat up on Mixler. We're going to try and get that up by week one of the college football season. Much love for tuning in. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. Mm